Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body safe and prioritize quality, aesthetics, and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a non-profit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com, that's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy, let your freak flag fly. Help, I can't swim! And welcome to The Big Top. I'm your host, Barney, and today I am excited to share my conversation with Don Mike, aka Diaperactive, a kinkster who's been in the scene for a long time and hosts the Diaperactive ABDL event. If you like what I'm doing here and you get the opportunity, do please rate and review this podcast. It really, really helps. I cannot stress enough how much of a difference it makes. So if you get the chance, please rate and review. I'd love to hear from you. Today, the circus is in Los Angeles, California, so join me as we go under the big top. I used to work in the porn industry, and I never thought when I started out, like, maybe I shouldn't use my name. So my name is literally on DVD porn boxes. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> I used to do music for girl-on-girl porn, and... <laughs> oh, okay. I was about to Google you. <laughs> I'm on IMDb for porn. It's hilarious. Okay, you need you need to tell me all about the porn industry. You need to tell me how this happened. Oh, by the way, quick side note. Yes. I will absolutely, because, you know, I had a bit of wine with lunch. Because um, I will inevitably stop meandering and we'll, we'll go off on somewhere. And and just talk to me like I'm stupid and like I, I, I don't know anything because I uh, want to hear the whole story. But so take me all the way to the beginning. How did kink in general, not even just ABDL, just like how did kinks start for you? How did everything start? I can't pinpoint the exact moment, but I will say that when I was a little kid, I used to watch the Batman and Robin show from the 60s on reruns because I'm old, but not that old. Wait, the live action? But the the reruns, uh, Adam West, Batman, let me tell you, they wow. were always getting tied up and brainwashed and hypnotized. Yep. And I have a huge hypnosis fetish. That's probably my biggest fetish. I remember getting boners as a kid watching that show. And of course, not having any idea what a boner was. Yeah. Uh, but as I got older, every time I would see somebody on TV getting hypnotized, I would just be like wrapped with attention. And yep. as I got older and hit puberty, so I... I Grew up Catholic, and I was not really in tune with being gay or anything. So when I was going through puberty, instead of fantasizing about sex and men, I would fantasize about being hypnotized and transformed into different mm-hmm. animals. And, you know, mostly it was uh, mythical creatures. Yep. If you think about it, mermen, centaurs, satyrs, what do they all have in common? The top half is apps. <laughs> so, you know, my little pubescent brain was going through fantasizing about guys without 
thinking about the fact that I was fantasizing about guys. So that's how right. hypnosis fetish developed is the fact that it was my way of sort of figuring out, you know, being gay. And now it's my biggest fetish. So I love doing hypnosis with people. Oh, I love hypnosis. I mean, that came for me later, but... Okay, isn't it funny how much Batman has influenced... I mean, we, we don't need to talk about the uh, the the bat nipples <laughs> on um, <laughs> Chris O'Donnell. It's Adam West um, nipples, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's spandex, right? I mean, like, you're a, a nipple slip is, you know, bound to happen through that, that thin wafish material. But, like... For me, it was the cartoon. For me, it was the Joker and like laughing gas. That was huge for me. Yeah, I could totally see that. And you know, it's funny you said about the nipple slip. I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but Burt Ward, who played Robin in the 60s series, apparently they gave him saltpeter to keep him from getting boners and to shrink his dick so that he didn't have, yeah, he he didn't have a a boy wonder bulge. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily agree to that. What the hell? I know, right? Is that safe? I know. And he's talking about this in interviews. This isn't like a, like a, a rumor. This is a real thing. He's actually Whoa. talking about it. Isn't that wild? Maybe just don't put him in little tiny whiteies. <laughs> but I think, you know, I can look at all the guys that have the, um, like the null fetish, nullification fetish. I wonder right. if he's the yeah. poster child for that because they literally physically altered it to have a null ball. I'm sure. I'm sure for so many people. That is wild. Mm -hmm. Oh, poor thing. I feel like nowadays it would go the other way. Now they would want him to have a big package, you mean? (laughs) Well, I'm just thinking of, yeah, like, I mean, they did that in the movies. Like, they they gave them armor that made them look naked. It was so wild. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Batman has just permeated everyone's brain in some way so many people whether it's like the superhero side of things or the captive side of things or the bondage side of things or so many other things yeah spandex or you know for me the circusy elements like it's it's kind of wild oh yeah that batman has and and that's to say nothing of poison ivy i mean i don't know oh yeah okay (laughs) So we're kinky from day dot, which I completely understand. TV makes me feel funny. Yep, 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 yep. How did you end up in the porn industry? How did you end up doing music for the porn industry? <laughs> well, I... Was it like, bow, chicka, wow, wow? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I had a friend who um, was my roommate when I lived in... I lived in Pittsburgh back in the 90s. And my friend was a film student. And um, we always said we would work together officially someday. And I used to do music for his student films. And I'm not like a huge musician, but I, I can... I know my way around a keyboard. He got a job at this adult company that did girl-on-girl porn. I hate to say lesbian porn because no lesbians watch that kind of stuff. It's <laughs> girl-on-girl straight guy porn. And uh, yeah. so he he just hit me up one day and was like, hey, we need someone to write a score for our, our movie. And it was called Pleasures of a Woman. And they had got the license for this famous 1960s, 1970s porno. And they couldn't get the licensing for the music. So they wanted me to write a new score. So I intentionally wrote a cheesy 60s, 70s sounding porn to fit the, you know, to fit the film. And then they found out that there was no licensing because it was all library music. So they released it with the actual movie intact, but then made a, a new version of that movie so that you could get two with the price of one, but they used my music for the new movie. And I felt horrible <laughs> because I my first score, and it's intentionally cheesy 70s. Barbarella style, yeah. <laughs> 
but I started doing uh, a, a bunch of their movies. Like I did um, Dr. Jekyll and Mistress Hyde. Hang on, is that like a, I mean, that sounds way more interesting than I'm sure it was. Dr. Jekyll and Mrs. Hyde? No, Dr. Je- no, it's not what you think it is. It's Dr. Jekyll and Mistress Hyde. It's basically this, she, this woman is a doctor who's trying to tap into the erotic nature of the human psyche. And she develops this serum. And the beautiful part about it is she she's this really bookish, nerdy kind of doctor. And she takes this serum. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, she's covered in makeup and her nails are done. I'm like, it's a makeover <laughs> in, a, in a syringe. Like, it was oh so over the top. But oh, they like my music so much that they included it on a... T- on a CD with the DVD. So I say I'm officially a professional musician and you can buy my CD, but you have to buy a porn to get it. <laughs> then years later, it was bootlegged. It was on some website where they had a link where you could download it. I'm like, I finally have made it. I've been bootlegged. Yeah. <laughs> People are ripping my content. Well, and I didn't get residuals. So I was like, please, you know, copy it all you want. So yeah. That's so fun. Okay, what's the what's the craziest... Oh, actually, no. What's the most fun porn you you had a hand in? Um, so I'll, after I did that, I got a job. I did a couple jobs in the porn industry, and then I got a job at Randy Blue, which was uh, mm. you ever heard of Randy Blue? Sort of like oh yeah, young jockish kind of guys. And um, right. I I was an office guy. I just did answered phones and emails and stuff. But I did write scripts and I did some music. And one of my favorite ones we did was, uh, it was called Alley Cats. And it was sort of a 1950s film noir. We filmed it in black and white, except for the sex Whoa. And uh, yeah, it was really fun. And the guys really, like, we really didn't do scripted movies. It was all just jerking off and fucking. But um, sure. I, I, we had so much fun doing that because we all, like, the guys just got into camera or into costume and really, like, brought their A game. So I, I was very proud of that one because it was almost like, a real movie with hardcore sex. That's so much fun. I think my favorite one was there was this guy that was, we were doing these live webcam shows and um, this one guy could not come. He was having the hardest time coming in and we were just starting to do oh, it. Oh, I, I feel him that, yeah. Yeah, I, I, what do we do? Yeah. And the other guy that was with him like sort of ducked off screen uh, and then he poured a whole bunch of lube in his mouth and then jumped back on screen, put the guy's dick in his mouth and then <laughs> erupted <laughs> and just let it flow oh. all over and it got all frothy from being in his mouth so it looked like cum and we ended the show and he ran to the bathroom he's like I swallowed so much lube I'm gonna puke <laughs> ew oh that's horrible I mean quick thinking talk nice. about taking one for the team I was just like yeah really whoa <laughs> I'm trying to imagine what that I mean I'm whoa that's that is a bit I I did something like that in a, in a completely non-sexual I once did a film where they I had to vomit like green stuff and that i mean anything like that where you've got stuff and i mean that's gag yeah city and i can only imagine with lube so much of that just slips right down your throat we were all wow we were it was a mixture of horror and and just appreciate genius yeah we were just like <laughs> you like you know we worship you you're amazing yeah we were we were all impressed <laughs> wow i love those little things where it's just like you know, it's all, it's filmed, it's staged, it's, you know, it's, none of it's real in any way, but it's its so funny to find out the little ways in which it's like, oh yeah, that didn't even happen. We just, we, we you know, that was all smoke and mirrors. 
I love that stuff. Being uh, like uh, uh, someone who's into different things, because I know like a lot of like the hypnosis porn, like there's the hypnosis that you do with somebody, but when you're watching it being filmed, you know it's staged because it's, yes. it's yeah, you know, yeah. porn movie. But it's sort of that disconnect where it's like on some level I can see the camera crew <laughs> and the lighting rig <laughs> and where the edits are. But then there's that part of me that's yeah. like, especially when you're, you're jerking off and it's like, just forget all that. Forget all that. Like, I mean, I'm, in, I'm into this. I'm into this. I can see the boom mic and the reflection, <laughs> but nah, nah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Who was it? There was a, a website called Mailbox. I'm, I think it's still around. But I like when I first discovered it, it was like 20 years ago. It might have been under a different name. And it's this whole robot fetish. And it really piqued my my mind control side because I loved watching guys being brainwashed into believing they're robots. And I thought that was the hottest thing. And the main guy that ran the site, there were all these videos of him going through this process. And he's on this big like laboratory bed and he's got these things on his head. And they're like those electro balls where you put your finger on it and the, the electro, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? That was how the movie Yeah, your hair stands up. Yeah. yeah. Every bad science fiction movie had one. And they had like mm-hmm. those on the side of his head. So it's like on some level, it's like you can see what they're doing. But then it's like still there was part of me that was like, what if it's true? Like, what if it really is <laughs> For a while there, it's like I was really sort of into the, you know, suspension of disbelief. But it was, yeah, it was really great. I mean, I love the objectification. Like, I've I've seen a lot of, like, toy soldier hypno and stuff like uh, puppet puppeteering and that kind of thing. And, like, oh, there was one that, I think there was one with... Uh, I think it was Johnny Rapid where they, they I really appreciated the extent they went to they like drew uh, on, on, on all of his joints they drew like doll joints you know like like as if he was a life-size doll and I, I love that like concept and aesthetic but I've never thought about robots and robots is one that I recently saw someone lamenting about how there's not enough robot porn yeah. on Twitter I'm fascinated tell me more about these robots um, you know it's not even my primary fetish for me it's more about the, the hypnosis side of it but there is yeah. like a whole side of this fetish where like guys have this like I shouldn't say guys because I'm sure it's everybody but there's this fetish for wanting to have sex with an actual robot and of course you have all these really amazing movies you know I Robot and Mr. Robot oh, Mr. Robot wasn't a robot mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about yeah Robocop yeah, but it is that the Terminator about people yeah. becoming robots or the Borg like oh let me tell you about the Borg I totally got into Star Trek solely because the Borg <laughs> okay I'm googling the Borg right now because I literally saw someone post about this on Twitter today. I know it's not just me, because other people have said that to me too. Okay. But I always wish that they made the Borg hotter, because the Borg Queen is gorgeous and every time you yeah. see her she's just beautiful and the guys are just these big clunky <laughs> I was like why can't we have hot Borg I want a hot Borg damn it someone needs to make a Borg, Borg porn. I love that the Borgs that I'm looking at anyway have that Batman thing of plastic abs for <laughs> some reason <laughs> What on earth? That's kind of amazing. Okay. Are you not familiar with the Borg? No, I'm not familiar with... I've recently discovered a love for um, Stormtroopers. Oh. Because I attended my first Comic-Con, and I don't know why I hadn't for so long, but anyway, I had the best time. And I got there, and Stormtroopers galore. Stormtroopers everywhere. And very quickly, I was like, okay... I see it now. I get it. That and <laughs> there were so many like Deadpool and Spider-Man running around that they were just having a lot of fun and being silly. And that I think, I don't know, something about the full body outfit mask. And then this, I guess, I guess maybe there's an element of it. That's this sort of clownish finger underneath, but I don't know that the, the identity wipe of the stormtroopers. It's almost like 
they could be trapped in the suit and the suit's moving for them, you know, that roboticized automaton thing. I, 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 Stormtroopers feels very different to me. So I kind of, I see that with the Borgs. Oh, yeah, yeah. When and there's a whole thing where the Borg, when they capture somebody, these little tendrils come out of their arm and injects nanobites. Is that what it's called? You know what I mean? Those little things, the little... Nanites, yeah. right. And they, they inject yeah. them and then it, they basically turn you into half robot from the inside out. And I, like, I just, I would be rooting for the Borg to win because I just wanted to play it. My friends are like, shut up. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, I have to tell you though, you touched on something, you know, uh, my hypnosis fetish has always been this thing where I don't like comedy hypnosis shows because to me, this is such a, uh, a deep fetish and I like all the really dark uh-huh. aspects of it. You know, people being completely brainwashed, having their whole personality re- removed and changed and everything else. So whenever I would see something goofy, like the whole cluck like a chicken and all that, it would just drive me crazy. Uh But then I got into ABDL and that's totally being playful and funny and goofy. So like I found like these two halves of myself and then seeing the kind of stuff you're doing, it's like, oh, there, there can be joy and silliness even in the darker aspects of fetish. And that's something like, oh yeah, I've never had like a connection before. So that's all. And who is it? Space Pup Silver, who does such amazing art. Yes. And seeing all the yeah. goofiness. That he, like he's really been like one of those, like slap me in the head, like just stop being so serious all the time. Yeah. His art operates on cartoon physics, which I love. Like this, I love the stupidity of like, it's so stupid. And none of it is based in reality whatsoever. But we all recognize those tropes from our childhood. And so it's, it is kind of, so many of them are really dark, you know, <laughs> like really dark, but it's a cartoon. So it's fine. It's funny. And I, I love that angle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what for me is where like the transformation stuff came from. Like as a kid watching these sort of situations, characters find themselves in and you're like, wow, that's that's terrifying and they don't want this to happen, but it's happening to them. Yeah. And then there's a part of you that's kind of like, I feel funny now. Yeah. You know, there's something about like the playful, safe way of doing something that should be horrifying. And I I guess that's what kink is, right? We're we're playing out things in a safe way. So you get to experience, you know, it's, it's, it's like playing pretend almost is kind of how I think about it, you know? And I always, I always think of hypnosis, fetish hypnosis play as being like facilitated role play because I'm not Mm -hmm. plain old role play, but when it comes to hypnosis, I mean, not very few fetish hypnotists are clinically trained, you know, hypnotists. And I had a friend who was a psychologist and he would tell me like, this is not, and I'm like, I know it's not real. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but so, uh, so I do like to sort of think of it as facilitated role play. Cause honestly, once we get hard, wait, porn's not real. Believe it or not. <laughs> once we get hard, it puts us, whether you're into mind control or not, once a guy gets hard, we do go into that mode of our inhibitions get lowered and we are yep. really up for things that we normally wouldn't do. And yep. in itself is a form of mind control. And I love that. I think that's so hot that sort of all these guys, they get hard and then they're like, sure, go ahead, you know do this do that (laughs) that is actually something that i love is like scenarios when that's used against someone like i i love fantasies where it's like oh you're aroused now so this is gonna happen to you because you clearly want it you know your anatomy doesn't lie and that kind of like you know something that again in real life you know that's not i don't know I, i i really like that element of unconsenting play when it's like 
oh consent non-consent yeah yeah consensual non-consent like I, I i which i've really you know started to get to get into because i love playing out scenarios in a way where it's like oh this you know thing is happening to me and I, this is being done to me and then as well using arousal to be like oh haha you're you know a lot of the time it's transformative it's you're one of us now or whatever you know but so okay so how then did you get into ABDL because ABDL came really late for me. So I'm always like fascinated about how it happened with other people. Um, me too, actually. Uh, I met somebody, oh God, like 17 years ago. I, there was a leather daddy who um, who's from Palm Springs and he said, hey, I have this boy that lives down the street from you and he's into diapers, but I think you two would be really good friends. And I was really still just starting out on my leather journey and I was getting into pup play really heavily. Mm -hmm. And um, so we got together and we would have these really wonderful philosophical discussions about the headspace of human pups and the headspace of adult babies. Oh. Because they're really similar. Yes. Yeah. You know? And I don't know, there was something about like, I didn't think getting into leather that I could be into diapers. Like, I, oh, no one will take me seriously and people will laugh at me and blah, blah, blah. I can't, I can't do this. And then it wasn't until like some years later that I was, I, I was actually sick and I was home and I was online looking for something to amuse myself and i started noticing on fetlife a bunch of my leather friends had all these pictures of them in diapers but they weren't on recon and we didn't talk about them at the bars but it was for some reason they felt safe because a lot of gay guys don't hang out on fetlife yeah so i guess they felt they were being stealthed and uh but i saw these profiles i'm like i guess something clicked that said if they're doing it i can do it too mm. so i called friend once once i was over my flu i called up my friend and i said hey i want to try this can you put me in a diaper and he invited me over to his place put me in a diaper and then came behind me and played with my nipples while he pissed down my ass crack into the diaper and i was like ding this is a thing yep. lightning bolt <laughs> moment like it was like in that moment like it was like imagine having a house and there's this one door you just never open and then one day you open it and discover there's an entire wing you never knew was there yeah that's my abdl experience yeah because the minute that door opened it was like a whole world opened up to me yes yeah, same i like and people have described this happening when something really you know i i you know amassed so many new kinks but when you have that lightning bolt that ding that oh i've opened the door that's that used to have a lock on it and, and now it's open it's like i don't know there, there are some things that just just do that and i think you saying they're doing it i can do it too is so actually true to like it's important to see we don't know that these things are okay until we see someone do it and it takes so much bravery to try it until you know that you know i'm sure so many people like listening felt the same way that you know just the weirdest person in the world and like who would ever you know that there, there must be no one else like me and it's interesting that diapers i feel like abdel's kind of having its time in the sun because like you said you didn't think people would take you seriously do you think there's still a lot of leftover stigma in the leather community or in general that like ABDL play is somehow, you know, there's an element of just sort of it's laughable or mockery or, or, or looking down on it. I mean, you're always going to have individuals that do that. But what I'm finding is even when they do make the, you know, I, I always say when they make the depends joke, <laughs> you know, do you have depends over there where you are? Uh I don't think so. It's a brand of adult diapers, yeah. but they're, they're they're the kind for like accidents. Yeah, yeah. They're not the kind you 
Lord Phil. So you, a lot of fetishists don't use them. But, you know, you tell people like, oh, then they make a joke. Oh, I, I try it. It depends, you know. And I'm mm-hmm. like, honey, I've, you've heard the joke. We've heard it a million times, you know. Um, but there is, uh, I think now, because we've had diapers at IML. We've had uh, Tykables had a booth at Folsom. Um, they're, they're out there enough that I think now people take it seriously. Even if they make the odd joke here and there, they accept it as part of mm. the wider fetish community which we hadn't it didn't seem like really was a thing before. Yeah, I love that that's happening because I I attended my first pride this year and the number of littles that I saw, I was just like, wow, that is so awesome. Like never mind all the pups who I you know, I felt. See, you you talked about how similar those headspaces are and that for me was like growing up, I thought I was such a weirdo, but I'd seen puppies. Like I'd seen they were everywhere. And I just thought they were these, like this cool clique. Like I was just like, oh, okay. Those are the dog people. If only I was into something as, you know, normal quote unquote as that. And <laughs> like my journey into, like I got into uh, ABDL first. And then once I tried pup play and I met other pups, I was like, wait, clowns are just human pups. Like the headspace to me, I was like, you're just goofy, silly, playful, having fun. You know, you're you're acting like a dog, and that's the only difference between the headspace when you know you're acting like a baby, and it's like the same thing for me. Oh, I'm acting like a clown. It's just the same sort of like reckless abandon and freedom, and that's what got me into pup play. Realizing that it was actually like fun and and not serious or or, or anything like that. I I think it's almost like so many of these headspaces. It's the same thing we're looking for: the escapism. And so, however you yeah. dress that up, like I've looked at people you know, doing doing cows or donkeys or, or whatever it is. And I've just gone, oh, that's not my thing. And then I think about it and I'm like, yeah, well, first I, pr- I have to preface this by saying not my thing yet, because everything that I've said, not my thing has since become something I'm into. But <laughs> yeah, I just scared what I'll do next. But then I've thought about it and I've gone, yeah, but I just don't get it yet. Like I, I just, I, it was contextualized with a pup hood for me, you know, it, it, and and if it was, a, you know, a horse head or something, it would be the same idea. I would just do it differently. If it was a stormtrooper, you know what I mean? That, that You know what? That resonates so heavy with me because I, you're right. Like there are things that I've said, oh, that's, it's not my thing, but I'm fascinated by it. And yeah. then, you know, years later, I'm doing it. It's like, oh, here I am yep. I'm doing this thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, you talked about something earlier and I, I don't want to jump ahead if you have other things, but I, I kind of want to talk about this. Um, you know, you said being visible yep. and and ha- if you had seen something, you might have jumped on it, you know, that sort of thing. That's the whole reason I started Diaper Active because I, well, I have a cut. Can I, can I go into this now or do you want to? Yeah, I actually just want to quickly cut for a break because I need to pee so bad um, <laughs> because I've just been sitting here drinking tea and water and um yeah, so I'm just going to pause it, uh, and then we'll, okay. we'll then we'll come back. I keep writing things that don't make sense because um, I'm excited and I'm like, blah, 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 type something random. Um, I just put clown space, stigma from leather. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, so tell me what you were saying about. Um, do you ever have (laughs) do you have have the kind of brain fart where it's like you're saying to yourself just just say what you mean and you're like you you like you know when um you you know when you take someone off life support you know when you end them (laughs) and it just goes brrr 
Oh, I say that like this. When you go back over this, you're going to find occasionally I have peppered through my entire interview words that are completely incorrect. And because I've had three hours sleep, they make perfect sense to me. So you won't even notice it because I've just pulled it off. But then you'll be like, that, that's not what that word means. And I do that all the time. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> do you know what? It's been a long day. I helped someone move house. Can you believe? I promised myself I would never do that again. I promised myself. But he's, uh, I don't know. He has a hold on me. <laughs> I understand. No, I, there, there are people, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you a real quick story. Um, we have this, uh, our, our big event of the year is the Mr. LA Leather Contest. And yep. my friend who actually owns the bullet where we do diaper active, he called me and he's like, hey, can you help me out with this? I said, look, I just started a new job. I can't head any committees. It's going to be too much, but I'll, I'll assist you. That assisting him became me taking over and running the whole thing. And it wasn't just one event. It was like pre-parties, a week of no. event, the contest, and then the volunteer no. appreciation party. It was six months of stuff. My my, But he's the only person because um, him and the guy that owns our other bar, the Eagle, if they ask anything, I will jump because they've done so much for me. Mm. And of course, I said, I said, Michael, it's the one thing I didn't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say yes. I know, and, and like this experience just reminded me why I don't, it was horrible. It was horrible, and like yeah. he needed someone who can drive, and I can drive, and I'm happy to drive. But I, like the ca carrying the heaviest furniture I've ever carried in my life, never again. Yeah, movers. Because also to make it up to me, he's like paid for all my meals and stuff. And I'm like, you could have just paid people to do this for you for the same. Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> let's just go back to what you were saying about visibility and, and, and how Diperactive even began. So I started this as, there's a couple reasons. One, I really wanted to be able to run around the bar in a diaper and not have people give me shit for it. So, yeah. and my friends, my leather friends. So I thought, well, if I throw a part, like if a bunch of guys show up at a bar in diapers, people are going to be like, what the hell's going on? But if you make it a party, then people will be like, oh, this must be a thing. And then from then on, every time you do it, people go, oh, I no, I met them before they're good. And so I just thought this will be a way of sort of legitimizing this in the leather community. Mm -hmm. And then the first night it happened, the bar was packed. And the bar owner just came back to me and was like, um, when's the next one? And that's how it started yep. seven years ago. But also in the back of my mind was the fact that I thought, you know, I met that ABDL guy like some years before and I was so afraid to try it. But had I gone out to the bars and just seen my friends out at the bars wearing and not having any problem with it or, you know, an opportunity to try it, I yes. would have jumped on it years ago. And I thought, yeah. we don't have that and we need that. And that's... Yeah, completely. Okay, so I frequent uh, an event in Berlin and, and they're a venue that are constantly doing all sorts of kinky events. But their biggest, like when they make all their money is, is the diaper parties. It's it's like, really? yeah, it, it's their most popular one. And every time I've been, the first time I went, it blew my mind. Just kiddos running around in diapers and like, you know, people shooting each other with Nerf guns and then also doing kinky stuff and also doing little stuff and also do, like, it was, just, it was so overwhelming because it's, it's so well done there. Like they, they cater to every need, but I just looking around and seeing everyone like, wearing diapers and just having normal conversations and just it, it just completely normalized it. And it, it, until you see someone like you, it it's so hard to explain to people who don't understand why it's so important. And it's the same thing with like my clown kink. You know, I, I kept it hidden for so long because it's just like no one seemed to be doing it. And yet, like there's 
easily enough people to pack a bar, you know, easily. And the same thing with diapers. I mean, I'm sure so many venues will still to this day be like, oh, I don't know if people would go for that. <laughs> Let me tell you. you. Know, it is to my great detriment that I can't have an event photographer because, mm. you know, in the leather scene, we always have professional photographers come in mm -hmm. and we put them all over the place. But there's still so many people in the ABDL community who yep. just don't want their picture. And I, I totally respect that. Of course, yeah. I'm an exhibitionist. I'll be, you know, on the cover of LA Weekly. Yep. <laughs> but uh, but I, t I really respect that. And I would never want to put anyone in that position. And I wouldn't want anyone to not feel comfortable coming to my event because they're afraid their picture is going to end up on the internet. Of so course. but I wish I could send this out all across the country, all across the world, to show everybody a packed bar full of guys in diapers. Yeah, because the fact that just so yeah. other bars can say, "Oh, this is a money maker. We can do this," you know, because yeah. that's that's. I'm lucky that the, our bar owner is just an amazing man. He during the pandemic when we were all locked in our homes here, he ran a, a him when our our big leather organization, the LLC, ran a food pantry and provided meals and food and 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 other things for people who couldn't work or what have you. Like all you had to do was call them and say, look, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And here, no, we have, here, we'll deliver food to you. That's Amazing. fantastic. He's got a big heart. So when we when I brought this idea up to him, he was all about it. Like he's, yeah, let's do this. Um, but most bar owners are looking at the bottom line. And of I course, think yeah. if you can show them, yes, this will bring in a good amount of money to your bar. They'll be a lot more open to trying it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's also like, stigma around not wanting to take the time or not knowing how to ask about logistics about like what do we do in terms of refuse what do we do in terms of setting rules and boundaries what do we do in terms of xyz and it's like well ask find out i mean it's so easy diaper is a great example it's so easy to run a regular event like yeah. and it's so cool that there's a space because you know my colleagues go because they're over there and it's like fantastic to get to see online how much fun they've been having and Aww. I think being able to have photos is something the same for this 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 event in Germany you know they you can only take them in one area and it's if there was a designated spot which looked cool where you could then I think that'd be a good way around it but yeah, as you say, you go to a leather barn, no one's going to mind. Oh, yeah. I always tell, like, when people ask me, like, how do you do this? I always say, look, don't hit up, like, the twink bars or the, like, normal everyday bars. Go to your leather bars because they're used to dealing with fetishes. And, like, the Bullet, where I do my event, they have puppy night. Like, they just started yep. a new puppy night, which is great. They've got, you know, uh, events where people can come and try out different fetishes. So the crowd, even the regulars, because it's also a neighborhood dive bar, and the regulars just take it in stride. And I'll never forget, like, the first, like, couple events wow. like what's going on but then they're like yeah all right you know last week it was puppies now it's diapers all right they <laughs> it's such a great relaxed attitude i love it oh that's so fun i love that like openness which yeah. there's some parts of the world where that's it's so brilliant to see pe like people in general being so relaxed and it's so disheartening how that's just not the norm yet but i'm fortunate enough where i you know i've, I've, I've slowly kind of started coming out a little bit. I went to a friend's Halloween party uh, in my pophood and, and, and in rubber gear. And everyone was super into it. I was like, yeah, totally cool. That's awesome. And that's all it is. It's like, you do you and that's great. Good for you. And if you're interested, you can ask and, you know, whatever. But it doesn't affect you. It's none of your business. And it's great when people 
I think drunk people probably that that helps <laughs> that it's a bar and yeah. they can sit and have a drink and go okay the puppies are here. <laughs> I'd love to tell about this event is the fact that you know like yeah. Tycoons is our sponsor, so I've got a changing tent mm. fully stocked, and then I buy all the powders and lotions and stuff. And so you come back to the changing tent, and I have a volunteer on staff, a new volunteer every hour, and then we'll put you in a diaper, you know, or we'll change your. Oh, wow. your, your diapers yeah and so uh again leather bar we can get away with stuff like this and uh and we keep it private like the the tent isn't it's enclosed yeah it's not like you're just out there spread eagle on the bar floor like i would be if i could um (laughs) (laughs) the best the thing that i love about it is it never fails somebody will walk in the bar and not know what night it is and see all these people in diapers and be like what the fuck is going on here what is this an hour later they've had a couple of shots maybe a couple of beers and then they get back and let all right let's do this you know because they don't want to be the only you know what do they say when in Rome, yep. they don't want to be the only yeah. one doing it so all of a sudden they're running around and i tell you what even if they never do it again they've had this experience that they probably would have yeah. never had it's just normalized it for them now like if if someone they know is you know a dick about it they can say oh actually it's not that weird i tried one on like it's not a big deal and the other thing is i bet that person was like oh wow I don't have to use the disgusting toilet in every you know bar from now on. I can actually just that's, you know what, that's my tagline on Facebook. When I put this ad up, I'm always like, "Come see the cleanest bathrooms in North Hollywood." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had that uh, opportunity because every event that I've gone to, with uh, every ABDL event, that it, it was the same thing for me. I was so nervous at the start that you know I wanted someone to take my hand and and pad me up. Like I was nervous to, like, I, d- I didn't know what to do and I just wanted someone to show me. And I've then been able to do that for other people at events. I think that's such a great idea to have that there because even if it's just Joe Schmo who's had a couple shots, wants to try on a diaper, you know, some young person who's just kind of starting out might not feel all that comfortable and being able to have someone kind of guide them or give them tips or something like that, or just have that bonding experience to make them feel, okay, I'm here and we're doing this and this is cool and this is fine. And, you know, that's such a great idea. Oh, yeah. Well, and the first time I did it, I didn't, I really thought it was going to be a one-time thing. I, I plan to do this one event. We could, Then people see us in diapers. They'll be okay. We can just do it whenever we want to. it. But then it, the first one was so packed that the bar owner was like, all right, when's the next one? Let's, let's put it on the books. And so, um, but the thing that I didn't realize my first event, I had a friend and I said, you know, he loved changing diapers. I said, can I just make you diaper daddy for the night? And then if somebody wants to put in a diaper, you know, we have all these diapers here, you know, we'll find you and you could run over and put them in a diaper. You know, you'll probably do like five or six through the night. This poor guy from the minute we opened till the minute we closed did not stop. And I will be indebted to him because I had no idea of what was coming down the pike for me. And um, so he he worked tirelessly the whole night. And then, you know, the next time we're like, we have to set it, you know, put up specific diaper changers to be there. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So you, when you're at the at the event, there's this line of people at the tent waiting to get changed. And the beauty of that is, like you said, you wish somebody would have come and take your hand. You know, I, I I don't always anticipate who's who's shy, who's in the you know. I try to talk to everybody, but what I love is that if you're there and you're curious, and you look over like, what's that line of people? Oh, they're all waiting to get put into a diaper. It's like, oh, well, if they're doing it, you know, it, there's a line, yeah, there's a yeah. Plate. yeah. I yeah. want to, you know. So I love that there's this sort of me- mechanics about it that even if you're shy, there's a line of people waiting to get this done, and it's 
you're supposed to do it. It's not the, yes, what if I yeah. do it? How do I do it? No, you're supposed to do it. And I, I, yeah, that thrills me. Thrills me to no end. Oh, that's so much fun. <laughs> it, But it's, everyone's like, oh, you're, you know, you're so great to do this. And how did you put this? It's like, oh, honey, I literally fell into it. Because, and I, mm-hmm. what I will say is that I, in, in all my years in the leather community, I've always been volunteering. I've been president of leather organizations. I, I'm very community service oriented. And so mm-hmm. I love the diaper active is my, you know, it's the payoff for all the volunteering, yeah. all the things that I've done, all the hours that I work when I needed something. And I said, look, I want to do this. People came out of the woodwork and said, how do we help? And I, I, I'm so grateful to the leather community and the local ABDL community. And I, I have a, a, an ar- small army of volunteers who they help me bring all the stuff to the bar. And then at the end of the night, they help me clean up. And, and I, have, I have a tiny, tiny little car. And I never dreamed I would be throwing a big event when I bought this tiny, tiny little car. So I had somebody <laughs> come to my house to get the, the changing tables and, the, you know, two dozen packages of diapers and yeah it's a lot so i'm so thankful to all the people that help out with this event that's amazing okay you are and and bless you for doing this exhausted from having just done the event last (laughs) night i'm i'm amazed i'm coherent because we literally did it last night and i got three hours of sleep and here we are but i've had coffee so we're good I'm so thank you for doing that i mean like obviously i'm on uk time so this is you know just easy breezy for me but so how was last night? I mean, you you look exhausted, but also you're you're glowing. <laughs> Aw, um, thank you. Uh, it was great. You know, it, this is the same weekend as Capcom and Dory Alley in San yep. Francisco. So I, I wasn't even I didn't know what to expect, and it wasn't the crowd. We it wasn't as big as we usually have it, but the bar was still full, and it was sort mm-hmm. of a chill, relaxed. You know, you could move around. Sometimes it gets really crowded, so you're sort of pushing through the crowd to get from one person to another. Yeah, but. Which, which is great, you know, as long as people are having fun. But this one was a little more, you could breathe, <laughs> you could walk around more. So it was it was a nice sized crowd without being crowded. And it was so perfect. So it went really well. Oh, that's my kind of, of I, I don't always do the best in, in, in crowds. And so I, I typically, I really enjoy smaller events where you can like actually talk to people and hang out and have fun. And, and it's a little you know. five bar. It's not a huge space. So when I when it's crowded, mm-hmm. it's just because it's such a small bar. And people will be like, oh, you should get a bigger venue. And it's like, you know, the bullet, the Michael who owns the bullet was so nice. And I love the fact that not only am I servicing the ABDL community, but I'm also serving the bar because they do really well that night. So mm-hmm. I love that I'm helping two different communities, you know, two different people. Yeah. And, and I don't like, it's just going to be, it's just going to be at the bullet because I love that it's it's such a perfect atmosphere and I don't think it would be the same anywhere else, you know. Yeah, right. That's so beautiful. Oh, I had a friend that came last night who has no interest in ABDL whatsoever, but he's like, you know, you've been doing this for years and I keep meaning to come, so I thought I would come tonight. And he brought a bunch of friends with him, and there was this daddy that he's friends with, and the daddy sort of gently coerced him into the changing room and so here's this friend of mine that i've known for years running around in a diaper and and i i said you know just you know you can pee all you want because these diapers will hold a lot and he was really shy about it and i could tell he was holding it all night you know he kind of didn't yeah yeah but then i guess he just felt comfortable enough and the daddy friend of him was sort of like like you know you don't have to do it but if you want to just know blah 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 And I I got to witness the moment that he peed for the first time and the look on his face. It was this mixture of amazement 
And, you know, he was laughing at himself. Like, I can't believe I'm standing in a bar just peeing. Like, it was so, it was magical. It was magical. It was transformative. And it was so wonderful to see. Oh, that's so awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what you do it for, right? Like, that's so brilliant. Yeah. I always tell myself, (laughs) you know what? Like, events happen whether you're in the right frame of mind or not. So there have been times where I've just been like, Oh, I gotta do it. You know, I'm not in the mood. I gotta yeah. do this. Yeah, once, yeah. once, once I'm there and people start filtering in, every problem I have, every issue, everything just falls away because the energy is so amazing. And again, I don't even think of it as being my event. I just think that I'm I'm lucky to be the person that gets to do this because if nobody came, it wouldn't be an event. So it's you know, it's everybody's event. It's all these different people that come into this bar. Whether they're exploring, experimenting, they're for, because they like diapers, maybe they're, you know, whatever it is, all that mixes together. And it's just magical. When you talk about serving different communities and the way you talk about, I mean, it is so wonderful to have that experience where someone tries something new and then there's like, oh, wow, this is cool. Whether or not they, you know, continue to enjoy it or whatever. But I I, I had an experience where, because um, I love the other side of it as well. Like when people come into your space respectfully to like there was a guy who volunteered at this event and he came in and um he was just working the bar and he had no abdl interest but we get talking at the bar and he's like yeah you know i'm just like i'm into a bunch of other stuff and you know i i i love you know volunteering here and i just wanted to see what it was about and it's really fun having a good time and it wasn't for him and he did it a couple other times he tried it out it wasn't really his thing, but, you know, he was like, I'm glad I did it. But just from him being there, the conversations we got onto and then all the new things that I got to learn about that, like, he was into. And then further to that, you know, I got spanked at this event and he was like, well, like, that's my forte. Let me give you tips. Like, you're doing this and you could go further if you do this and blah, 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 blah. And it just, it's so brilliant when you can foster a space where people can have that intersection and we can all realize that like we're all as weird as each other and it doesn't matter what your thing is like you can come and enjoy someone else's and then you can bring your interests with you as well and i i love that oh yeah and we always have like pups like diaper pups and and people will bring other like gear. like they always mix things with their i love it's so much fun i have a question for you because you you made something so when you started coming out with your clown fetish did you have people coming out of the woodwork like oh i've always fantasized about this and you know like dude (laughs) crazy like shocked me shocked me it was when I joined Recon, so like pff, a year and a half ago, like not even, and you know, I'd, I'd, I'd been chatting to the same like seven or eight people or whatever for, you know, a decade, and then all of a sudden, you know, this was out there, and within 10 days, they I got messaged by um, one of the staff at Recon, and they were like, you know, would you write an article? Um, and I eventually did it, but like the positive response that already, I was like, wait, what people think it's cool. And then the messages that I was getting that I still get, like each day was like, oh my God, me too. I never knew other people were into this. Or it was, um, you know, I've always thought about it. never tried it. Or the, my favorite one is when people saw it and then were like, wow, I never thought about that, but something just clicked. It's that again, that light bulb moment. And I, yeah, I, 
wild. And it just, I keep finding people on, I, I, I don't know. I, I've now met up with so many people in my area that I'm like, there's, you know, I'm amassing a little clown army. There's so many people, but I think that's the same with every fetish, right? Oh, no, you can't run past that. Amassing a little clown army. I just wanted to highlight that. That's like your blurb. That's so wonderful. Yeah, it, it's been really, really cool. And just it immediately made me like go, oh, okay, right, yeah. Yeah, that makes it like okay. So I uh, I have a little, and he um, we met at a pup event. Which again, you go to a pup event, you're gonna find diaper pups. It's right. it, it just it's, everything crosses over. And I, I you know told him about my clown fetish, and he's like, "Wow, that's so cool. It's interesting. Like, I'd love to try." And I'm all, "Uh huh, yeah, okay. You know, I mean, I don't want you just to try because like you want to do it for me, whatever." Like that's always awkward, you know. I, I want, and then we tried it, and he loved it, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, but do you really, you know?" And he's like, "No, no, like I, I I'm, I'm into it. Let's, let's do this." Oh. And since then, has been like, yeah, I know. I just, it, it kind of baffled me. But again, so many people have done that for me. I Ooh. never ever thought I'd want to get spanked ever, ever. It looked scary and horrible. And then a couple diaper pups <laughs> spanked me on a cross for an hour, and I was like, okay. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. I remember when I was in my 20s, I worked at a phone sex company. And, um, oh, I, really? I, I did. Yeah. Back before the internet. Oh, that's <laughs> had, so fun. Yeah. It was wild. And, um, I did all the administrative stuff and I worked, we had a little recording studio. We would record fantasies, like phone fantasies. And you would cut, wow. those of you who are under 30, um, you would call a number. I guess there's still Night Flirt. Night Flirt's still around. You would call a number and then you would listen to, you know, people telling their deepest, darkest fantasies. And it was usually made up, but we, we don't care. And uh, and then you would also call and leave your message. Like, I'm single, I'm into this and that. And, you know, here's my phone number. And then we would put this all into an answering machine tape. And then you would call and hear other people's messages. And then you'd leave your own, which to me boggles the mind that anybody would call a random phone number for $2 an hour and then leave your home phone number. Like it just seems so weird to me. Yeah, that's wild. That's where I was exposed to a lot of fetishes because some of these fantasies were like bondage, S&M, leather, and I had no idea. And we advertised in all the different kinds of magazines for our services. So we would get a subscription to all those magazines to make sure they were running our ads and we kept them in the break room. So I would be at lunch paging through Bound and Gagged and Drummer. And I remember seeing pictures of guys tied up like with like, you know, their balls were tied up and they were being pulled away from their bodies and they're blindfolded. I was just horrified. And then the next day I'd have to go back and look again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Then I'd be horrified. And then I'd go yeah. back the next day and pick up that same magazine. Yeah, it's weird to hear, like, think of the origin stories about how things that freak me out are now things that are normal. Yes, completely, completely. Okay, on in that vein, how, like, what other kinks have you veered into? Because, th like, uh, things I never thought, or things that I actually was, like, actively, they were off-putting or scary or... And all of a sudden, right person, right situation, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Right exposure, you know, in a friendly way enough times. What other ones for you have been, like major oh you know what not a lot because once i got into leather and puppy play it was like it was like a smorgasbord like everything was available to me and it's yeah. like what yeah. can i try next and so diapers is really the only thing that was like oh i guess i can't no you know what that's wrong so during 2020 when we were all stuck in our homes um i started noticing guys on twitter wearing panties and lingerie oh right yeah 
Yeah. And I mean, and up until then, it was like, you know, it was either drag queens or crossdressers or, you yeah. know, trans women and all that stuff, um, which was very normal in my world, you know, very yeah. normalized. Um, but then it was just seeing masculine men wearing panties and lingerie. It just, it, something in me was like, and I was like, I, I, I think I need to try that. You know, it's a, <laughs> my nothing to do. I'm on Amazon. I'm on xdress.com. I'm like ordering shit. <laughs> And I have just amassed this whole collection and I don't ever do it with, I, I met one guy that's local that I got to get together and dress up with. And it's, and it's not wigs and makeup and it's not the whole sissy play. It's just panties and lingerie and stock. Mm -hmm. I love like this whole mixture of mask and femme. Yeah. And that's been one of those things that I always felt I could never do because the leather scene's so hyper-masculine. Right, and right. In the ABDL world, sissy play is all about frilly dresses and, and yes. giant yeah. bows. And it's great. And I love it. Just doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, being in a pair of panties and fishnet stockings and, you know, a bra, I'm like, how is this turning me on? This has never turned me on before. <laughs> I did Rocky Horror back in the day. I've worn these things before and it would never turn on. And here I am at my age, all of a sudden, like, I'm, there's a boner in these silk panties. Yeah. I had that with professional clowns have messaged me to say i did this for years whatever you know it was just a job never thought anything of it and just like your rocky horror all of a sudden they're like and now i have a boner and now i can't stop thinking about clown fucking <laughs> that is but so isn't wonderful. crazy isn't yeah. it crazy like I, I i'm i'm forever fascinated with how the hell we i love the kinds of kinks we pick up where we're just like i don't know why mm. i don't know why but here we are. Well, and I, I'm always fascinated by what turns people on, especially if it's not like out of my wheelhouse. But I swear to God, like, you know, I when I saw I heard you on the, the Playtime podcast and then you were on Newsy's podcast. Yeah. And I was just like, and then you started, I, you sort of touched on the mind control thing a little bit. And I'm just like, oh my God, you know, 10 years from now, I'm going to be in a clown nose and... <laughs> <laughs> It's like I always anticipate everything that I that sparked my curiosity. I'm like, oh, I know it's going to happen at some point. It's just inevitable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, <laughs> yeah, I, I, my partner and I now just have this joke where I'm like, you know, oh, this, you know, I'm, I'm showing him my Twitter. Like, look at these, you know, these orc guys. Like, wow, what are you know, blah blah blah. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not into this. And he goes, he just goes, yet. <laughs> no, I have a friend here in LA who he's a streamer. Like he's a gamer and does streaming. Uh -huh. and, Twitch, and he, he dresses up as an orc. Like he does full body green paint and yep. and everything. He's got this gorgeous long black hair and, and he has like this whole voice that he uses and everything. And it's just like, I, like, and he posts his pictures on Facebook and I saw him at the bar the other night and I'm like, I, I feel weird telling you this, but like, I, I, as a friend, I just adore you, and I you're a very good friend of mine. But when you're in that orc suit, I'm so turned on. <laughs> I had to admit it to him because it is every time there's a post, I have to stop for a minute because I just, oh, you know, so hot. Oh my god! And I never thought orcs were hot before, but he's, oh yeah, just gorgeous. He knows. He knows what he's he doing. <laughs> he knows exactly what he's doing with that suit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I imagine so. <laughs> well, I just saw the coolest tiger mask on Twitter and it blew my... I mean, they had a whole like Zentai suit and I, I just... The complete look is cool, but the mask, I was like, wow, I need a tiger mask. It's the same <laughs> way I, I've known for a while that I'm not not a furry. <laughs> but now I've seen enough furries on Twitter that I'm like, oh, damn it. I need oh, to start designing a suit. I, can I tell you my brushing with furries? Mm -hmm. So I... Uh, I 
I've always thought, like, I always liked the furry community. Um, as a pup, I thought, okay, I'm a pup, not a furry. But then I discovered furry hypnoporn, and I'm like, oh, this is a thing. And uh, and then a friend of mine, uh, I went to a furry convention with a friend of mine, and I met this really great artist, and he was like, if you have an interest in the furry fandom, you're a furry. Like, you're a part of us, if it, mm-hmm. if it meets your interest, you know. And so I sort of, okay, I've been furry adjacent for many years. And yeah. then a friend of mine in San Francisco was having these furry sex parties, and I went... And I was like, I ended up, do you know what a Segufix is? Yes. Segufix oh. is medical bondage. Yeah. So, and it, my friend was like, okay, if you want to be put in the Segufix, you have to do it for n- no less than four hours because it takes 45 minutes to get you in and at least yep. half an hour to get you out. So I'm not doing it for 10 minutes. You have to be in it for four hours. So I spent a good portion of this party in this bed in a Segufix. And then all the other furries would just sort of pop in and, you know, like trick me off or play with my nipples or, you know, it was wonderful. I loved it. And I love being uh, sexually objectified. So that was totally hitting all these buttons. And this wolf uh, climbed into bed with me, jerked me off, got me to come. And it was just really, really hot. Like we just had this really intimate moment. And then he goes, look, I hate to finish you off and have to run, but there's this dog that's getting fucked by a horse and he's in the sling and I want to go watch. And I was like, <laughs> I love my life. <laughs> I is... love my life. <laughs> that is that's, fantastic. That's, that's why I became furry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we have to end in a moment, but um, I just wanted to ask if you have a positive thing for me to end on, because I always want to end on like a just a just something that's made you smile this week. Oh, um, you know, honestly, my, the the biggest thing I can tell you is if you know everyone that's out there, if there's anything that you're curious about and that either you feel ashamed about or you don't know how to start, like seek it out because if you don't do it now, it might be a year, it might be 10 years, it might be 20 years. And you finally embrace it and think, God, I could have been doing this all along. And that is one thing that Diaper Active has really taught me being part of this is the fact that embrace it now, because if you do it now, you'll have so many more experiences. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the uplifting message, I guess I could give you. That's awesome. Um, You made me think of, uh, I had a different one in mind, but you just made me think of, I think my my positive today is actually going to be Recon because so Recon is a it's a social network for kinksters and fetishists that like despite my having been in the online fetish scene for like you know a good decade or so like I was on FetLife before you know I really should have been and just just lurking whatever um but I'd somehow like not heard of Recon until I joined so and you know I said I I was very upfront and blunt about you know my interests and turn-ons and the response really was kind of overwhelming and it really made me feel like it was the first time I really felt accepted and it was the first step to this journey of self-acceptance and then you know it's funny actually that like it really blew my mind and 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 helped me to see that there are so many other people into or up for the the same things as me but it's kind of come full circle now with my first pride experience uh which was this year and I actually did it marching with recon um so they've They've actually been like a huge part of, of, of my journey, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, if you're kinky and want to connect with others, check out recon.com. Um, thank you so much for being with me. This has been so much fun. I'm sorry that I got you out of bed for it. <laughs> no, you know what? Honestly, I, 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 it, I don't mind it at all because I've had so much fun and I really have enjoyed getting a chance to talk to you. Because you know, we chatted on, on Twitter and I think you're yeah. so 
amazing. And I just Aww. adore you. the fact that we get to, for me, this isn't even about being on your podcast. It's just the fact that I got to sit here and talk with you for an hour. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. Well, I can't wait until I'm finally in LA because I need to come to Die Practice. <laughs> I love that so much. Would you, oh, I love it. well, no, it's totally up to you, but I want yes. you to clown face. I want to, I want a diaper clown at my event. All right. We're don't, gonna have make it happen. don't have to. I'm just saying. I just want to, I just want to plant that seed. <laughs> okay, we're going to make it happen. That's my promise to you. Okay, so I still have not figured out how to end the podcast. So <laughs> I, I've, I've been trying a lot of goodbyes. I've tried a lot of like funny, silly things. And I, I'm still at a loss. So my <laughs> sign off, we've gone from like a goodbye to like <laughs> to me just like turning to my guest and being like help me say goodbye <laughs> <laughs> well i you know I, one thing we didn't talk about is the fact that i mc a lot of i've emceed a lot of leather events i host a wet underwear contest at the eagle on thursday nights and anytime i'm doing something where i'm on stage and i have an audience at the end of the night i love to give them something uplifting so i always end the night with something like you know this week i'm, I'm gonna challenge you to go out and do something crazy do something fun like look at these guys on stage they're outside of their comfort zone do the same but whatever it is you're gonna do i want you to be good i want you to be safe i don't want to see you next week have a great weekend everyone that's how i end up every uh so I always say give give a, li a little uplifting message, a little positivity, and then say goodnight. And that's a great way to end That's it. fantastic. Yeah, be yourselves, accept who you are, and also remember that you will regret the things you don't do, not the things you do. Perfect. And see you next week, <laughs> next time on The Big Top. Hey guys, Barney here. I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings The Big Top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over The Big Top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use. You don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. It records studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the Hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.